Welcome to another special edition of the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Kate Calusiestes, one of the pastors on staff. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open and affirming congregation. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our messages, we hope that you will find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your journey of faith. We invite you to listen with us now. You know, in these ever-changing days, we keep trying new things, especially here in worship. It's my throw the spaghetti at the wall theory of operation. If it sticks, we try it again. And so today we included the singing of a setting of Psalm 139. I wanted to find a way to include more than just these two readings. And goodness knows we do not need more talking heads up here. And frankly, all three of these texts have one thing in common, our very humanness. It's far more human for us to all engage in the singing of those words than simply sit and hear them read. And while we didn't sing these words, since this was a paraphrase, there are words in this psalm that are likely familiar to you. It speaks of the God we cannot escape. And it opens with, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. Reminding us that God knows us in ways we cannot even know ourselves. It reminds me of that book I used to read to my kids all the time when they were little, The Runaway Bunny by Margaret Wise Brown. She wrote another book you might have heard of, Goodnight Moon. Um, I suspect there are a lot of parents and grandparents in here who could quote that one. In this children's book about this little bunny, he decides he's going to run away from his mama. And at each place he plans to run away to, the mama reminds him that she will come and be a part of his life there, too. He wants to become a sailboat, and she says, I will become the wind. And he says, I will become a bird and fly away. And she says, and I will be a tree that you can come home to. There is nowhere that this little bunny can go that his mama will not be there also. And so it is in our relationship with God. God has known us since before we were conscious ourselves. The psalm goes on, For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, whether those words are familiar to you or not, we can begin to see the idea that God created us for wholeness. And wholeness doesn't look the same for everyone. It comes in every color of the rainbow. For some, it's a calm, sage green. And for others, it is purple with sparkles and every color in between. No matter what, God created us for wholeness and in our broken world all too often we diminish the wholeness of ourselves and each other and we can be broken by this broken world too 
But part of our role here on this earth, in this life, is the healing of all creation. Our Jewish siblings call it tikkun olam. Not just our ailing planet, which is important, but also the brokenness of human relationships at every level. Now, in this reading from Mark, we hear this story of the man with the withered hand in the synagogue. We don't know anything about him other than it is visible, his hand is visibly damaged and doesn't work the way it ought to. This could have significant ramifications for his ability to work or depending on which hand it is, his acceptance in society. I am sad to say that the first thought I had when I read the text was that terrible moment in the 2016 presidential election where the candidate mocked a reporter with a similar affliction. Jesus, though, reacts in a completely different way. While the psalmist affirms that God created us for wholeness, Jesus makes it real in a very concrete way. In the midst of ongoing critique by religious legalists, those who say, we've always done it this way, or you can't do it that way, Jesus simply asks the questions. He recognizes the brokenness of this man, but also of the human system that doesn't support or heal him or could render him unclean. We are all a little broken, some more visibly, some more deeply than others. But Jesus shows us that the brokenness is not irreparable and not forever that wholeness is available when we reach out in faith and are restored. Paul reminds us that in Christ we are made whole even when it's completely overwhelming. He tells the church in Corinth that any power we have comes from God and that even though we are afflicted, we are not crushed, confused, but we don't despair, harassed, but not abandoned, knocked down, but not knocked out. That even when we feel broken by the world, in our life in Christ, we are made whole and buoyed for the remainder of our journey. All of this happens, though, as we travel through this world and in this life in easily broken vessels. Paul reminds us that we can be battered by the storms of life and made whole, but it's not always smooth sailing. And we have a role to play in making sure that we are not so overwhelmed. One of my favorite writers is Anne Lamott. You might have heard of her, and her work includes everything from novels to nonfiction to spiritual biography to political rant. She's a quote that I often see as a meme. Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. Can you tell I'm headed on vacation today? Um, Jesus, though, is under the watchful eye of these religious legalists because of his walk through the grain fields with the disciples who pluck up heads of grain to eat. 
Farming and working the fields was prohibited on the Sabbath day, but Jesus reminds them that it is lawful to give the hungry something to eat. And he tells them the Sabbath is given as a gift to humanity, not that humanity is here to serve the Sabbath. It's a reminder that if work is to obey, if it is work to obey those Sabbath restrictions, then it is not possible to rest. And without rest, we cannot be fully whole. And that is what God created us to be. In 1947, before most of us were born, a boy wandered into a cave overlooking the Dead Sea and discovered an incredible treasure stored in clay jars. Scrolls that were more than 2,000 years old, one of the greatest archaeological finds ever. The Dead Sea Scrolls, as they came to be known, transformed so much of the way we understand the Hebrew Bible and first century Judaism. They survived for many reasons. They were hidden, the climate of the region, but especially because they were in these clay jars. Even though they might be breakable, the scrolls were safer than if they had been left to time and the elements. Paul refers to us, to the people of God, as treasure in clay jars. Breakable, yes, but not irreparable. And in many ways, our strength is in that fragility. There's a Japanese art form known as kintsugi, where broken pottery is repaired with lacquer, dusted, or mixed with precious metals. It has this philosophical meaning that treats breakage and repair as a point of beauty, recognized, not hidden, or disguised. It's that fragility that allows us to share the treasure that God has given to each of us. Paul tells us, God said, light up the darkness, and our lives filled up with light, and we saw and understood God in the face of Christ, all bright and beautiful. That's the way the message paraphrases that verse from Corinthians if you've ever received an email from me, you've likely seen the quote that I have at the bottom from Madeline Lengel in her book, Walking on Water, Reflections on Faith and Art. She says, we draw people to Christ not by discrediting what they believe or by telling them how wrong they are and how right we are, but truly by showing them a light that is so lovely that they want with all of their hearts to know the source of it. Friends, we have light. We have treasure to share. We are not the treasure ourselves, and that's important to remember and be reminded of from time to time. God has placed that treasure in clay jars. God has placed that treasure within us. 
Not just me or Lee or any of our elected lay leaders, but in each and every one of you and all of those of you watching from home. Each of us is called to share the life-giving power of God, revealed to us in the person of Jesus the Christ, to each other, and more importantly, to the world, to make the treasure visible in us and through us to all we meet, letting the light, the light of God shine all bright and beautiful. And all of God's treasure said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. And please visit our website, covpresatl.org, for more information as well as our full archive of recorded services to learn more about us and to get in touch with us. We wish you well in these times of upheaval. Grace and peace to you.